Hey guys, thanks for joining me again on the SOS Podcast. This is your host, Cece. Hope you guys had a great week. I wanted to talk today about complacency and motivation. Yesterday I was writing some content for my website and I I got writer's block. Anyone who's ever written and gotten writer's block before knows that when that happens, you have three options. One, you can continue trying to come up with ideas and press through and put something down on the paper or on the screen. Two, you can walk away altogether and just quit. Or three, you can step away for a little bit, concentrate on something else for a while, and hope that will help generate new ideas. Yesterday I picked option three. I decided to go to the gym, exercise, get some physical energy going, and hopefully that would churn my mental faculties. Of course, I didn't even have to really get there before I got some new ideas. That happened in the car. But it was a good reset for me. And actually, while I was there, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a fitness professional, and I was discussing this writer's block that that I had, and he told me about a similar type of block he had when it came to fitness, working out. He said that, you know, there was a time up until recently where he didn't really have the motivation to press hard and do what he had been doing for years, which was just work really hard all the time to stay in peak shape. And it got me thinking, you know, this idea of frustration with the creative process, really the idea of frustration with whatever it is you're doing as your work transcends probably every discipline. And we're left with the same options whenever this happens, right? We can try to power through with our best efforts, muster up everything we have to continue. In many instances, that probably leads to burnout. Or we can walk away from whatever we're doing altogether. Or we can try to reset somehow. This isn't a foreign concept in our spiritual lives. It is easy to become complacent and settle for the status quo, the current state of affairs in our walk. We will experience the proverbial hills and valleys. You'll have these awesome times where you feel like you're just getting so close to God and your life just revolves around Him and his kingdom and pursuing all the good things that he has and then you have other times when you know life smacks you in the face and you just don't spend that much time with God and you can feel the difference in your spirit I mean I can feel the difference in my spirit when I take time away from him now some people might tell you well you need those breaks can't be in church 24-7. You can't be on your face kneeling before the Lord praying 24-7. You can't be praising and worshiping Him in song 24-7. You can't be serving others 24-7. But if we look at what Scripture tells us, the instruction is for us to pray without ceasing. The instruction is for us to stay in constant communion with the Father. So if we want to walk with God the way he's designed it and the way he's laid out that would be best for us then 
I mean, we don't get breaks. I'm not saying that you've got to be doing something all the time, but you definitely need to have your mind, your focus on the Lord every waking moment. The reality is that we don't do that. We are very easily distracted by our circumstances, whether it's a frustrating person or a frustrating problem, some tragedy that comes up. We will experience times in which we'll feel a spiritual block, like we can't get connected, like whatever we've been doing just isn't working anymore. And in those times, it is really easy to decide that there's just no reason to keep on working and pressing through, or there's no reason to try to hit the reset button. We think, okay, well maybe this is as far as I'm supposed to go spiritually. Maybe this is as far as God wants me to go. You know, I can just hang out here for a while. But we know that the process doesn't work that way. Our justification is that instant where we come to a saving knowledge of Christ, but that's not the end of our transformation. That's the beginning. Beyond that, the Bible tells us in so many places that we've got to go through working out our salvation, right? This is a process. It is not just that first instant moment, but from that point on, as long as we're living on this earth, in our natural bodies, the expectation is that we grow, that we progress in the Spirit, and that we get closer and closer to the Father. He draws nearer to us, and we draw nearer to Him. Hebrews chapter 12 gives us great instruction in this regard. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of the faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So here we go. Spiritually, this is our reset. Did you catch that? It says, just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The instruction here is clear. When we reach a spiritual block, when we feel like we can't go any deeper in our faith, when life's circumstances distract us and we take our eyes off God, what are we to do? Just consider and meditate on Him. There's no call to any further action, really. Now, if to consider and meditate on Christ is something that creates an action in you, you know, I could sit here and just think about my Lord, just think about Jesus and everything that He went through, because it says here, 
Meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So I'm to think about whatever it is that's got me down in comparison to what Christ endured for my salvation. And that, what, it should encourage me so that I will not grow weary and lose heart. The instruction here is to really commune with the Lord. Spend time with Him. Put your focus on Him. This is our reset. This is biblical instruction on, on how to get through that block. So how do we meditate on the Lord? How do we put this into practice? Well, one thing is to just shut everything down and think about Jesus. Just think about Him. Just concentrate on Him. Another way is to worship through praise. No matter where you're at in life, stop and thank Him with song. We know that worshiping God carries power. There's the classic example of the wall around Jericho that came crashing down when God's people worshiped Him in a specific manner. Another thing we can do is pray. Start that dialogue. Do what the Bible tells us to do. Pray without ceasing. Open up that line of communication with God. Thank Him for what He's done. Thank Him for where He's brought you. And then ask Him, where do we go from here? What do you want me to do? Is there something I need to change? Is there something I'm not understanding correctly? Ask Him simply for direction. He answers our prayers. If we ask for bread, he will not give us a stone. Ask him what you should do. Another thing we can do is get in the word, get in scripture. You know, the, the word of God is living, it's alive, it's transformative. You can read the same scripture, the same individual verse over and over time and time again and get something new out of it, get new revelation. It's the Holy Spirit working through the word of God. One purpose of the Word of God is to refresh us. It educates us and it refreshes us. It reminds us of promises we may have forgotten. It reminds us of the power we carry that we may not be feeling. We should pour over scripture and let it build us up. Let it encourage us. Let it teach us new things and let it reteach us the things that we may have forgotten. The promises that we're not holding on to. It is not sufficient to settle for the status quo. It's just not enough to stay where we are right now and put our feet up and try to ride out the rest of our years here. We weren't designed for that and we won't be satisfied with that. There is work to be done and there are great powers out there trying to keep us from completing that work. We've got to understand that this is a spiritual battle. This is warfare that we're in. And God has given us these weapons so that when we come up against this spiritual block, wherever it's coming from, we've got a method by which we can overcome it. Prayer's tricky. Sometimes we just don't know what to say. We don't know what to ask. We don't know what that conversation's supposed to be like. We might be frustrated, and of course you don't want to pray out of frustration. You want to have a sincere heart when you're petitioning to God. But how do you come before him when you don't know what to say? Just say the name of Jesus. You know, his name carries power. 
There's a reason why at the mention of his name, you get a response or a reaction from everyone. If you just start randomly talking about Jesus in line at the grocery store with someone loudly enough for others to hear, you're going to get looks. Some of those looks might be looks of joy, some might be looks of sheer terror, some might be looks of confusion, some people might give you the side eye and look at you like you're crazy. But the truth is that the name of Jesus carries power. It is the name above all names. At his name, every knee shall bow. I can tell you I've experienced times during which I just didn't have words. And my prayer time was just calling out the name of Jesus. Just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus help me. There is power in simply calling out his name. I want to encourage all of you that these valleys, these times of dryness, these times that try to trip us up and keep us set in a spiritual status quo far below what God has in store for us, they can be overcome if we just focus on our Savior. Follow his biblical instruction on how to hit that reset button. My reset might look different than yours and his and hers but that doesn't matter. Whether you're praising God or just spending quiet time with him or getting deep into his word or travailing in prayer, if you're earnestly seeking to reset your spiritual life, to get over that hump, God's going to be there with you. He's going to answer you. He's going to help you and you will succeed. You just have to remember that the refinement of gold cannot be brought about without enduring the fire. Father God, the times of fire in our lives can seem so overwhelming, Lord. They distract us from you, your purpose, your plan. They distract us from our walk. Sometimes these fires make us think that we've hit our limit and cannot go any further during these times. Remind us that you've got an infinite storehouse of power, of wealth, of love to share with us, Lord, that there are no limits in our walk. There are no limits in our faith, Lord. Father, instill this in our minds so that as we are constantly in communion with you in prayer, Lord God, constantly focused on you, Lord, constantly reminded that your grace and your provision are limitless. Father, be with us this week, Lord and help us to put into practice what we've learned here today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Good day, and God bless. Soul, soul, ow, ow, soul.